The Austin Daily Drop is generously supported by Austin real estate rock star Tony Trungale, who you might know from Elite 25 and also for his work with Regions Bank in the residential financing space. Tony announces that Regions has raised the conforming loan limit of its Affordable 100 program to over $640,000, giving buyers who earn under 80% of HUD median income a great way to get into a new house. More details on the way, and you can learn more from Tony Trungale anytime with a quick email to tony.trungale at regions.com. That's tony.trungale at regions.com. Wednesday, March 2nd, 2022. This is the Austin Daily Drop. Thanks for finding us. I'm Chris Mosier. Stand by for news. Local COVID stats continue dropping with our hospitalization rate now within five points of stage two range. Austin and Travis County health officials have again dropped our official local precaution level from stage four to stage three. Election results from the midterm primary yesterday are mostly finalized. The Texas Tribune is my personal go-to for statewide election results, and there we see that Governor Greg Abbott surpassed a wide field of right-wing challengers to secure the Republican nomination for his re-election. While Democrat Beto O'Rourke did the same on his side of the aisle, no surprise there really. Other candidates progressing to November with no runoff include Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, former Austin City Council member Greg Kassar in U.S. House District 35, sitting U.S. House Rep. Lloyd Doggett, who moved from District 35 to the new Austin Center District 37, incumbent Texas Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller and Democratic challenger Susan Hayes, and incumbent State Comptroller Glenn Hagar. There will be runoffs this May on both sides of the Texas Attorney General race as controversial incumbent Ken Paxton fell short of 50%. He will face Republican challenger George P. Bush in May. On the Democratic side of that race, Rochelle Garza and Joe Jaworski will go again as well. Runoffs on both sides of the Texas Land Commissioner's race, too. Sandra Grace Martinez and Jay Kleberg on the Democratic side and Don Buckingham and Tim Wesley on the Republican side. A runoff for the Republicans in the race for House District 19. That's between former Austin City Council member Ellen Troxclair and Austin Police Officer Justin Berry, who is one of the 19 APD officers facing first-degree felony assault indictments for their conduct during the summer 2020 George Floyd protests in Austin. Local primary wins include Democrat State Board of Education incumbent Rebecca Bell Metero, who will face Republican challenger Mark Lowe in November. KUT has a nice rundown of local races. District judges Chantal Eldridge, Brandy Mueller, Catherine Mozzie, Daniela Lytle, and Lori Iserlow beat out their challengers. Same in races for criminal county court benches for Dimple Malhorta, Mary Ann Espiritu, and Denise Hernandez. Diana Lamone Mercado wins her race for Travis County Clerk and incumbent county commissioners Bridget Shea and Margaret Gomez outlast their opponents, as do incumbent justices of the peace Nick Chu and Yvonne Michelle Williams. Most of those last winners will run unopposed by Republicans in November. Speaking of our elected representatives from the New York Times and its coverage of the Monday passage of a U.S. House bill to make lynching a federal hate crime, which passed overwhelmingly in the House but not quite unanimously, One of the three Republican votes against the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act was one of the Austin area's representatives in that body. Republican Chip Roy represents District 21, which encompasses much of the Texas Hill Country, but also a big chunk of Central and South Austin and about a fifth of San Antonio to the Northeast. Chip Roy cruised to victory over three Republican challengers in the primary yesterday. He'll face either Claudia Zapata or Ricardo Villarreal in November, but in a heavily Republican stacked gerrymandered district. 
Today is Texas Independence Day, marking the 186th anniversary of the signing of the Texas Declaration of Independence from Mexico on this date in 1836 at Washington on the Brazos, which is a fun place to visit just southwest of Navasota. George C. Childress is credited as the author of the declaration, and of course the signing would quickly lead to war with Mexico for the Texians, as they were called then and eventually to independence as the Republic of Texas for a while before Texas joined the United States in 1845. Today also sees the beginning of Amplify Austin Day. Hundreds of local charities and nonprofits are hoping for your help as part of the annual Day of Giving that's grown into a multi-million dollar opportunity for Austinites doing good works. Starts at 6 o'clock tonight and runs through 6 p.m. on Thursday, all at AmplifyATX.org. Lurid details have emerged in the Daily Mail from the ongoing fight at Round Rock ISD, spilling over from school board meetings shouting matches over masks in class to a sex scandal involving Superintendent Hafed Aziz. He's been accused by his mistress, a longtime Austin area teacher, of assaulting her upon being told that she was carrying his child. Two Round Rock fathers were arrested at a school board meeting months ago when they tried to bring it up, leading to allegations of a cover-up. This drama will likely continue to unfold. KXAN says an Austin man has been arrested and now faces charges related to his alleged actions during the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The U.S. Department of Justice accuses Jeffrey Samuel Schuff of Austin of being part of the crowd that overwhelmed Capitol Police to storm the building while wearing full body armor. The Austin Business Journal says that a request from Elon Musk's Boring Company, which specializes in underground tunneling, has been tabled by the Bastrop County Commissioner's Court, who are looking into allegations that people are already living on the proposed site near the Tesla Gigafactory where Boring would like to set up shop prior to residential permits being issued for the property. Coming up, new colors and a retail strategy shift for Yeti. New announcements from South by Southwest and the Hot Luck Festival. Austin restaurants pitch in for the Ukrainian resistance. And it's not news, but it's once again in the news that times are really tough for middle-class homebuyers in Austin. That's all coming up in 30 seconds after a quick hello to Tony Trungale of Elite 25. And speaking of middle-class homebuyers, great help comes your way from Tony and Regions Bank via their Affordable 100 program. In fact, the new conforming loan limit on homes within LMI tracks with Affordable 100 has been raised to $647,200. If you happen to to earn less than 80% of the HUD median income, Affordable 100 with Regions Bank from Tony Trongio could be your key to getting into a new house. You may not be priced out of the market after all. Kick an email to Tony to find out more. Tony.Trungale at Regions.com. That's Tony.Trungale at Regions.com. Keep that affordable 100 thing in mind for these next couple of pieces on Austin real estate. Culture Map here saying that Austin has ranked among 20 U.S. cities in which residents earning middle-class wages can't afford housing. The study from 24-7 Wall Street puts us at number 18 of the 20 most difficult housing markets for middle-class folks across the country. But we're a bit of an outlier because most of the rest are coastal cities. All of the top five are in California, and the Austin area is the only Texas metro in the top 20. On a similar note, MarketWatch.com ranks Austin number two in its tally of the 10 most overpriced real estate markets in America, topped only by Boise, Idaho, and again, the only Texas city on the list. That second study places the blame for both Boise and Austin's lack of affordability on West Coast transplants flooding both markets, attracted by cheap home prices and proximity to tech business sectors. 
Commercial real estate in Austin is out of hand as well. The Austin Business Journal says three Austin office building sales ranked among the 50 biggest such transactions in the country last year. Sales of the Indeed Tower and 600 Congress, formerly known as One American Center Downtown, and the Riata Corporate Park in Northwest Austin were those three. They totaled $1.2 billion. Couple of stories here on one of our most celebrated local brands. Austin-based Yeti has announced new spring colors for its various containers, says CNN. Bimini is a bright pink and Offshore is a deep blue. But you may not see those colors in places you've gotten used to as the company has begun pulling its products from larger hardware retailers, including Lowe's. They're shifting their focus towards their own retail outlets and online sales. Eater.com says a handful of Austin restaurants are directing some of their proceeds lately to the resistance effort and humanitarian relief in Ukraine, including local Ukrainian baker Olga Kutsuridi at Ogi the Yogi and an Austin Food Adventures fundraising event happening this Saturday, which will feature Better Half, Jew Boy Burgers, Tamale House East, Bird Bird Biscuit, and many more. Hit the link in the show notes to find out more. Let's keep going with food here. Austin 360 has news on the Hot Luck Festival, headed up by barbecue kingpin Aaron Franklin and set to make its live pandemic comeback in May, this time putting the spotlight on pizza. Franklin dropped the roster of chefs slinging pies yesterday. They include Chris Planco, Fiore Tedesco, Rima Seal, and dozens more. And not to be outdone, and also from Austin 360, a fresh drop of artists and speakers for South by Southwest, also in its pandemic return this year. That list includes Dolly Parton, who will speak and perform at ACL Live on March 18th while launching her Web3 project Dollyverse. New names added to the speakers list include now official Texas gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke, current U.S. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, actor and filmmaker Ron Howard, and musician Michelle Zahner, who is better known as Japanese Breakfast. Austin weather, warming trend continues up to 75 this afternoon, 78 for Thursday and Friday, low 80s over the weekend. We do have a chance of rain coming Sunday before we cool off again into the 60s early next week. And that's the Austin Daily Drop. I'm Chris Mosier. Links to all these stories can be found in our show notes at austindailydrop.com. There you will also find recent episodes of the podcast that likely include stories you haven't heard yet. So do listen back. We appreciate your time very much. Have a great day. Don't forget about Amplify Austin Day. It starts at 6 p.m. tonight and runs through 6 p.m. tomorrow. AmplifyATX.org. And thanks in advance for your generosity. Have a great day. We'll catch you again tomorrow. The Austin Daily Drop is generously supported by Austin real estate man about town, Tony Trungale, who you might know from his association with Elite 25, an exclusive group representing the very best of Austin's real estate industry. Tony's also known in Austin for his work with Regions Bank in the residential finance space. One great option for median income buyers interested in properties within LMI tracks is the Regions program called Affordable 100. And Tony tells us that Regions has raised the conforming loan limit of the program to over $640,000, giving buyers who earn under 80% of HUD median income and even greater range of possibilities and options when it comes to buying a new home with up to 100% financing at historically low interest rates. For Regions Bank, the goal of the Affordable 100 program is to help end housing discrimination and provide an unmatched financing option to potential home buyers. Tony Trungale was our very first financial backer here at the Austin Daily Drop and we can't thank him enough. If you're looking to buy, sell, or build a home in Austin, Tony's your guy. Learn more anytime with a quick email to tony.trungale at regions.com. That's tony.trungale at regions.com.